Hour two of Canuck Central. Coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit on Kintech.net. If you missed the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast. We opened things up talking about Archer Seelobs, about the Canucks maybe adding some grit to their depth in the forms of maybe a Milan Lucic? Question mark? Maybe. We discussed that. Plus, we had Frank Cervelli on the show, and that was in the first hour. And now it's time to welcome in the star of Monday's shows, and that is the man, the myth, the legend. Don Taylor from Donnie and Dolly joins us now, as always, on Canuck Central. And, and Donnie, how was your weekend in this lovely weather in the Lower Mainland? Uh, good. It was um, you know, just such a great combination of weather elements. You know, you had, you know, sun and the temperatures were not that bad perfect summer day high. yeah yeah I, I i'll take that all year i, I love that I thought, I thought it was good 22 with a little bit of wind is the only summer i i really like <laughs> yeah my favorite days are sunny and cold i just i don't think you could beat those yeah but uh, sunny you know. cool days are nice i will say Oh, love it. Yeah. Maybe some snow in the mountains, you know. Yeah. And that's like a perfect love day. It. That might be a perfect day. Um, <laughs> did, did you mix? So how much of the World Hockey Championship do you typically consume? And did you consume more or less this year? I would say less. And uh, I don't, I, I, I'm not so sure. This is awful. Considering <laughs> the business. I mean, I'm not sure I watched the whole game. Right. Like, in its entirety, sat down, popcorn, you know, beer. And watch the whole game. So there's there's that. I feel bad about that, but uh, I do have respect for it. Yeah, I mean, of course, right? I mean, you, you see what it means to the athletes. I think the thing that stood out to me more than anything is how important it is for the European crowd and mm-hmm. how much they enjoyed. I mean, and just watching the scenes in Latvia, I mean, that's what it would look like in Canada when a team wins a Stanley Cup, right? Like, that's kind of the, the type of outpour we saw. Those though, that The pictures of what was going on, the celebration in Riga, or just something else. And I, I, I'm, you know, we tend to think that we're the only ones who love the game like we do. And then you see that for a bronze medal. I mean, just absolutely tremendous. It was, you know, and, and, and last time I checked, I, I'm not sure they didn't riot, you know, so um, they have one, one up on Vancouver at the very least. It was really, really special. It, 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 it does mean a lot. It's quality hockey. Is it the NHL? Is it the Olympics? No, but, I still have a lot of respect for it. Hey, Donnie, uh, we're playing the hits today on the show. Uh, it, it feels like another goalie controversy brewing now with Arthur Silovs <laughs> emerging through these world championships here. I'm not so sure a goaltending controversy <laughs> as to, you know, who's going to play, like, you know, who's going to be the number one goalie. Yeah. I tweeted out yesterday. I got a lot of negative reactions too. <laughs> on so Twitter? They, really? Negative reaction? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's shocking. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, now, so what's what's the plan with Seelovs? Do you, you know, send him down to Abbotsford for another year? Does he, does he back up? And bottom line, do they continue developing him? Or do you think, ah, you know, he probably is his value probably increased? It did. It, it must have increased. Tournament MVP over in Europe, over at the Worlds, you know, do you consider trading him? And uh, the, the reaction was pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, it just, it just goes to, hey, we've been hearing about, you know, them wanting to make a bold move, mm-hmm. you know, two, two, regimes ago and i'm not so sure how many have happened would that be a bold move but most people want to see him stick around and, and develop and i think age-wise the um, the timing would be right you know with if the uncle starts to slide a bit somewhere down the line here comes c so that's that's what most people feel but 
I think there's a controversy from that point of view. What do you do with C-Lobs mm-hmm. versus who's actually number one? Well, I think it's, you know, it is fascinating, though, looking at it from what is his asset value and where does it rank amongst Canucks process? I mean, assets, because, I mean, hey, outside of, of course, the, the, the top end guys they have on the team. But if you start looking at, OK, their first round pick this year obviously is more valuable. Lakira Mackey had a good step forward. He obviously let's consider him a bit more valuable. You look at put Colson potentially, you know, because, you, know, uh, you know, he's a bit younger. He's young, too, and he's got a lot going for him. But. I mean, is he like a top five asset in terms of prospects or things this organization has outside of top end guys? Yeah, I think in term now he is in, in terms of maybe you could get something for him worthwhile. And I don't think the fan base would go crazy. They would probably understand it. And in fact, might even uh, appreciate that you've made a bold move like that. He'd have to be up there other than the obvious guys who you might consider untouchable. You know, he, he, he would have to be. He would have to be right there. And I just, you know, I, again, I've said this a lot on the show before, just that you hear a lot about bold moves, creative moves, and that's just something that I think would fit into that category that I think a lot of fans haven't seen enough of through the years. With this tournament run that he had, I feel like he's already been preordained as like the next uh, cult classic <laughs> backup goalie for the Canucks too as well because not, you know, like now fans can attach themselves to achievement, albeit for Latvia, but they know it's like, okay, there's some pedigree to this player. He's he's performing. We've seen him for a handful of games, and you know we were just talking before the show. Like your favorite cult classic backup here in Vancouver. Oh gosh, um, yeah. Go, go, going uh, back a bit, uh, I guess Peter Scooter wouldn't count. He'd be another Latvian. No, he can't. Um, he can't. That's a good yeah. one. He's on the list. Yeah, he's on the list. He, he, is he on the list? Yeah, or he's just, on the list. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can extend it to just cult classic goalies. Yeah. Yeah. Can throw um, Urbe on the list as well. well? We'll just do the Latvian trio. Back up, Bob. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I loved Archer Urbe yeah. from a media point of view to talk to. Mm-hmm. He's really smart. You know, like he was a great interview. It would, would definitely uh, fit into the cult, cult classic category. When they I wear the black he, skate next year, Seelov should have the white mask. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Urbe, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Or a birdcage. Yes. Plus, yeah. Let's go all Archie or Urbe. Um, I think okay. I'll go. I'll go here in that it's a good trivia question. Who was you know, uh, who who was the backup uh, when the Canucks went to the Stanley Cup final in '94? Let's go, K. Whitmore. K. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of love. Yeah. Would be would be obscure. Maybe maybe a cult classic. I'm not sure if everybody clamored to get him you know, yeah. some action with the way that Kurt McLean was playing, but. He was he was the backup at a pretty special time. There are two uh, Canucks goalies that that I thought. I mean, I thought Johan Hedberg what, what yeah. got a raw deal. I thought he was going to yeah. be a star, and I thought he got a raw deal here. And yeah. Bick and I still hold stock in Mika Nornan. I I still think Mika <laughs> Nornan has potential, Donnie, if he ever comes to the National Hockey League. <laughs> yeah, Anders Nielsen too. Like yeah. you could at, at a time when you could barely tell the difference between him and Markstrom, just two big hulking. Hulking Swedes, but uh, Mika Nornen, short, it, it, and a lot of it has to do with just kind of a cool name, and he would definitely, he would definitely be there as well. We're also contractually obligated to shout out Alex Ald as well, so we got to throw that name in there as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there was times when I mean, Alex Ald played in the playoffs. Oh right? yeah, where it's like, yeah, it's a good call. Put put Alex Ald in. Yeah, you'll you, work. And uh, yeah, he would have to, he would have to be there as well, and then. Of course, he has the history with 650, so I get it. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, he he's obviously just an absolute legend. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about <laughs> Alex Alden. He was a team MVP once too, and he got traded right afterwards. So I mean, uh, not many that's Canucks right. goalies yeah. got traded after being called team MVPs. So that tells you a little bit of something. But uh, you know, Donnie, in terms of another discussion we were having a bit earlier on the show was about does this Canucks team need to get uh, some more grit on the roster? They need to get a couple of you know tougher players on the roster and. You know, one guy that, you know, just won the world championship and there's always been discussions about would he ever come back to Vancouver is Milan Lucic. Can you see that happening? Do you think the Canucks need a depth, tough guy like that for next season? Well, you know what? I, I Look, I, I I love the guy. Like, I, I you know, you, you know you, if you've ever met him, you've never, never met a, 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 a nicer guy. He's old school. You know, you know that I like I, I like that sort of thing. I'll tell you what, it would wake the building up. And if you could get them for a decent price, and I'm not, I haven't scoured the roster enough, but it, it, for him to play on the fourth line and, and to step on the ice and, and, you know, do what he does out there, I, I, I just think it would really, really help the atmosphere at Rogers Arena. I think it would be, it would be a pretty popular move. And I, I don't know if he's into it, but I think I just like, I like it when the Canucks add somebody who people really like and and can can pep things up in the building. I I wouldn't be against it for a second. So that's the fan point of view to to generate that buzz. You know, the point we were making too is it's it, it's a really quiet team and having yeah. that yeah. player who yeah. uh, whether it's holds guys accountable or just gets people talking amongst themselves for the players the benefit that could have for the group. Yeah. And, and it, it's, you know, whenever you watch the Calgary game, it, there was no resentment towards what he was making. Of course, they weren't the team that signed the contract and all, all of that. But, it, you know, you heard the Lou chance in Calgary. He was popular there and, you know, certainly the team underachieved, but I don't know. I just, I, I just think it would help the energy level in that building, help the energy level in that room. Uh, Rick talking has said how many times guys did he say like this team's quiet mm-hmm. there's not a ton, ton of personality on this team Lucic would add that I think he'd be uh, I think Talkett would be all, all for it if indeed it's a fit I I wouldn't see a problem with it with it at all and Milan's the type of guy where he's at the stage of his career where if he's sad or got scratched okay that that's fine but man I don't know I just I would just I would be all for that energy look it's it's bi- I'm biased here. He's you know East Van guy from Vancouver. You know what he did for the Giants. We could forget 2011 for a lot of fans. <laughs> you know, but I just I, I just think it would be great. It would be just a great talking point for everybody. You know, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, in terms of the, the talking point, it certainly would. And I just think this team in general, too, I think they're after a number of different things this offseason. I think we've, we've spoken quite a bit about the centermen, the defensemen. But I do think if they want to take that next step as a team, there's so many different aspects that they have to address, right? And do you get the sense that if they are able to maybe clear more space than maybe we give them credit for, and especially given the discussions you've had with, with Rick, that they might be pretty pretty active this offseason if they have their way? I, I I think they need to be in, in order to keep their customers interested. Uh, you know, there's been a there's been a lot of talk, not just by this regime but previous regimes, and if you if in, you've been talking about clearing space for quite a while now, it's time to get creative. 
and uh, I, I can see them making making some bold moves. Of course, we say that all the time, and then nothing happens. I think people are a little, little bit tired of it. What's your favorite potential move that, that, that you would see and say, hey, this is something I'd like to see uh, happen this summer that, you know, that we've discussed or rumored, whatever it is, uh, what's something you'd like to see? Um, I'm with Ryan Henderson. I'd like to see them change all of the seating at the Rogers arena versus just some of it. That's, that's number one. I've, I've been made, uh, made aware recently that they have to make those. I don't want to get into details, but they have to make those changes in the seating at, at Rogers arena. So there's that, but seriously, from a, from a player point of view, I just want to see something creative, something different. If it means you know, you know, Silas has increased his his value enough that you think you can uh, increase your prospect pool, although he would be considered a prospect. Go go and do it. If it means taking that eleventh pick and you know packaging with OEL and sending it to Chicago for the nineteenth, then do it. Just I I'm just tired of all this talk. Just do something to clear the cap space. Do something to increase your prospect pool. That's that. Those are the things I want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all with you here, and the question is, how much of this do they ultimately get done? Uh, now, Donnie, before we let you go, mm. the Stanley Cup final, uh, we know it's coming up this weekend. What we don't know is yeah. who the participants are going to be. Uh, do you uh, do you have do you care one way or another in that Dallas Vegas series? Now that we've gotten to six games, it looks like it was all done and dusted. But in terms of uh, hockey viewership, do you have a preference to see who gets to the Cup final from the West? Um. Not really. I mean, look, I know Jamie Ben's going to try. I'd like to see you know somebody local do do well. I, and I didn't realize that you could, you know, argue that there's some flavor with the uh, some BC flavor with with, with Vegas. But I, I, I at this point, at the point we're at, I wouldn't mind. I've I have seen the Dallas Stars win a Stanley Cup. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like Vegas or Florida win the Stanley Cup for the first time. That's what I would like to see. Now, whether that's the best matchup, I'm not so sure, but that's I'd like to see a first-time Stanley Cup winner. So that's the Stanley Cup final I would like. And I'm somewhat over Vegas. You know, People say, oh, it's too early for Vegas to win a Stanley Cup, but I'm old enough to remember the, the Flyers winning a Stanley Cup six, seven years into their existence. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are at six years, so I'd be okay with that. So I, I, I want to see a first-time Stanley Cup winner. So that's that's the matchup that I want to see, Vegas versus Florida. Are Nothing getting, against Dallas, but I'll take Vegas, Florida. Are we getting a Game 7 or no? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to – I just, just – no particular reason why I just I well, it's just, just so hard, right? Like no. at some point, you just yeah. expend yourself to so much, and that I, I get it. It's Game Six, and guys going to be fired up. Chance to go to the finals. I just wonder how much toll it takes, and if, yeah. if, we, if we get a bit of a dud, Jamie Ben might be fired up tonight, but yeah, just yeah, worried we get a bit of a dud from the Stars. Yeah, uh, I just I just have to think that Vegas is a really good team. People forget, you know, it's been such a strange playoff. The one thing that's not that strange is that it looks like the number one seed is going to come out of the West. It looks looks that way. So for, for Dallas to beat them three straight under these circumstances, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Vegas tonight. It's good. Well, either way, what, what a great night. I mean, with the NBA and, and, and that situation with the Game 7 there, it could be a historic night in the NBA. And certainly with uh, the, the chance of 
Dallas pushing it to seven games against Vegas. Great night. Great night of sports. Yeah, absolutely is. Uh, Donnie, always love your time. Appreciate it, man. And I look forward to casting Donnie and Dolly as always on Czech TV, 10 to noon, Monday to Friday. Anytime, guys. Always fun. Yeah, you got it. That's Don Taylor. Always fun here on Canuck Central. And um, in terms of uh, the... Um, what is it, cult classic goalies. Mm-hmm. There's some good reaction on the text inbox, 650, 650. The goalie discussions always create good... Uh, um, memories? Memories, yeah. and I think creates good conversation with people as well because everybody has a favorite goalie, especially when you were younger. You had a favorite goalie growing up, and it's usually the dumbest things with goalies. Just like, I liked his pads. Had a cool, had a cool helmet. Mask, like yeah. Urbe, small guy, but had a white, had the white mask. That's why you liked the guy. He that battled. Helmet he was, was iconic, man. Yeah, it was always things like that with goalies, and and that's why the backups were always kind of the ones that got the love because they looked cool. You didn't see them a lot. If they have a couple good games, like man, this guy's actually pretty good. There's a lot of you know we we they come in when the starter is screwed up, so it's like yeah. just make a couple of saves. We're happy. Exactly. So there's always kind of been this affinity for backup for backup goalies. The backup Bob stretch was. Felt like a fever dream at the time. Yes, it was. It, I mean, he was incredible. I mean, incredible, I think, is stretching it. But he, he took the job from Kluche. Again, relative to expectations. He took the job from Kluche. It was, it was an unreal stretch there for backup Bob. No, it was. It was a great stretch. A lot of good reaction on text inbox, 650-650. Bo says, Bob Essensa, and would Silas be enough of a sweetener to get rid of a bad contract? Loves Donnie's segment. Cool show, guys. Yeah, I just feel like... I, I'm excited for the future of, for Arthur Silas. But I feel like we're too far gone now of like teams trying to trade the goalie of the future. Or teams trying to trade for the goalie of the future. They don't usually. You mentioned Mika Noronen. Canucks gave up a second round pick to get him. I feel like that is done. Like I, I, I don't think that'll ever happen. That again. era is over. Yeah. Of overpaying, you know, giving up second round picks for you know backup goalies and goalies with some level of of uh, of potential. Yeah, I, j- I just because we've seen even recent examples, like Anders Lindback got moved. Yeah, uh, to Tampa, and it was like that's a lot of draft picks you've given up for someone who hasn't exactly had the the, the longest runway. I, I, f- I feel like goalies can get moved, but I just don't think we'll see the type of return that people would, would be hyped about. Like the ninth overall pick, like they got the uh, yeah. for, for Corey Schneider. I mean, Schneider had played a lot of games. Yeah, that's and it was a bit it's different. Like, if, you're not if, getting... if you're at 40 games in, different story. Like what is Silas's absolute value, peak value, a second round pick? I would be kind of surprised. Right, but that would be, I mean... Uh, peak, yeah, sure. Peak value. Like uh, late second? I, I Even that would stun me. I'm blanking on the name. Who was the goalie who played for Carolina, was up for the Rookie of the Year? They didn't qualify him, and he went and signed with... Uh, the Red Wings. I forget what his name was. Oh, uh, they traded him to the Red Wings for a third round pick. I think it was uh, Nadel Nelkovich. Yeah, Nadelkovich. Like a third yeah. round pick he went for, and he had like a really good yeah. rookie campaign. Now a bit different, but I'm saying Max. I don't even think it is. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And if that's the case, why move it? You know, like I'm not moving Silas for a second. Is the or a third potential? I'm just saying potential. We're not trying to advocate for this right now. Is the potential future return of Thatcher Demko? Higher than what you could get. Yes. For, yeah. So it's just like yes. that's the equation. Today, yes. Is is the succession plan greater than the asset you can get for for C Love right now? I say yes. Right now it is yeah. right, and maybe that equation changes at some point. Demko has three years remaining on his contract, but yeah, uh, a lot of reaction on text inbox six fifty six fifty. Felix Pot fan because of his style and his mask was awesome. That's one text. Tyler texts in. Uh, Lauren and Pomo. I think the penultimate cold goalie would be Ken Dryden. 
I mean, we're looking at this market, yeah, though. But the Ron, T- Ron Tugnut, all-time best. There's one text. Uh, 11-year-old me, particularly excited to have a Finnish goalie named Mika at the time. <laughs> Honestly, now that you reflect back, how much of that was influenced? Be like, Mika... Kiprasov, Noren, it could happen. Honestly, Noren came from San Jose, I think it was, right? Uh, Buffalo, wasn't it? No, but I think he came from through San Jose and went to... Uh, no, sorry, Buffalo the whole, the entire way. Yeah, he went from Buffalo the entire way. He was with Buffalo. There was that, like, cycle of San Jose goalies. goalies. Yeah, they had a bunch of... Yeah. Toskala. They had Toskala uh, and they had Kiprasov, obviously. Kiprasov, Nabokov. Uh, and... What ended up happening was he came to Vancouver for a second round pick, and the Canucks that year traded what three, four second round picks, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever it was. They didn't make the playoffs anyways. Traded all these second round picks away. But the hope was Mika Nornan was going to be the goalie of the future. Like, hey, the following year, him and Oli are going to fight it out, and those are your goalies. He didn't even come to the NHL again. Gave up a second round pick for nothing. Wasn't uh, Semyon Varlamov as well traded for a couple of twos? Something like that. When yeah. he got traded to Colorado from Washington? Yeah, I think it was maybe even a first. Um, w- w- yeah, it was a first and a second. Robin Leonard went for a first. It was a late first. I think he got yeah. traded for. So those things happen, but those guys have played more. They had a bit more. Yeah. But again, that's like, I'm just trying to think of recent trades that goalies and like maybe around 50 games played, but even 50 games played. Like, the, I, I, I think teams have understood that they've made mistakes in that department. Yes. And now this new wave is we'll, we'll find goalies that are ready to take the step when we've seen that they've played 50, 60 games. Yes. Yeah. But ju- jumping the queue to find to pay for someone's development, I don't think we're going to see teams do that a lot very much now. I don't think so either. Like I just don't think to that level, it would have to be somebody who is considered a real difference maker, you know, or yeah, it'd have to be something somebody really considered special, right? And I think that that's what it would have to kid take. from Nashville, like like the blanking out his name now, yeah, Askarov. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, he's pretty good. If it was something like that, be like, hey, we want to grab that guy. Yeah. But our team's going to pay a first-round pick for that? Because that's what Nashville took him as. That's the thing. Maybe, because it's, because he's that good of a prospect, maybe. But you're giving up what you got. You're getting what you gave up to get him, right? You give use a high pick to get him. Uh, Troy Gamble, baby. A Pokey Reddick. Sure. All-name uh, all t- all team for goalies. as Kirk and Langley texting in. Uh, definitely Michael Lute was another one that texted in. <laughs> Some things. Dominic Hasek. We're looking for Canucks backup goalies. We're cult goalies, not, not good ones. I'm not talking about really, really good ones. Uh, Danny and Brookswood. My favorite goalie growing up was Rick Wormsley just because I liked how his name sounded. Exactly. Backup goalies. That's how you like backup goalies. How the name sounded, what equipment they wore, what they looked like, what the mask was, and that's essentially all it took. Uh, all right, a lot of good reactions, 650, 650. We'll hit more of your text messages on the other side, and we'll get into Game 7 and more right here on Canuck Central.